Welcome to the NDS Safer and Stronger podcast. This episode, we are joined by Professor John Catford, a Senior Medical Advisor at DHHS, speaking with Heather from the Safer and Stronger team as they discuss information around proper COVID response, PPE, and identifying a positive COVID case. Please note, this episode was recorded on the 12th of November, when Victoria had 13 consecutive days of zero new COVID cases. Good afternoon, John, and thank you for joining us. Hello, Heather. Delighted to be with you. Thank you. Um, Now that Victoria has managed to bring the COVID outbreaks under control, why should disability service providers keep monitoring their staff regarding the compliance with all the strict infection control actions? Well, we're really celebrating the fact that we've got down to zero cases now, and we very much hope that that will continue for many months to come, if not forever. But if you wind the clock back to May and June, um, we we had the same sort of situation. We had a, a few cases occurring, everyone thought it was going pretty well, and then suddenly this terrible second wave took off, and it just took, unfortunately, two people who got infected through the hotel quarantine to then seed it in the community and it just ripped through particular populations. Now this virus is just as devilish, if you like, uh, as it was in May and June. And if we're not careful, we could get another another wave, a third wave, which of course we don't really want at all. Um, so that's why we've all got to be continue to be very vigilant about protecting ourselves and protecting our clients and the broader community. So although we're enjoying celebrating the new freedoms, this this virus is still knocking on the door and if we give it a chance, it will take over again. And part of the issue I understand is that also you can in fact be infected, but you are asymptomatic. So we can't always know who around us might have Um, be carrying COVID. Uh, Is that true? Yes, unfortunately it is. I mean, there are some people who never really develop much of a a disease at all. They might feel a little bit off well, or they might have an irritating cough, or, you know, might just seem to have lost their uh, taste uh, and smell. Um, but that you know they're fine and and they can be asymptomatic. Some people may have not not have any symptoms. And then, of course, if you're developing the disease, there will be a few days before your symptoms occur when you are infectious. So this is often how the infection spreads. Someone who doesn't have any symptoms has been in contact with an infected person then passes it on. So let me give you an example. I mean, the the outbreaks that occurred in Melbourne recently, you can stem back to uh, a cleaner working in an aged care home that became infected. Uh, The cleaner also, though, worked in a butcher shop, and that that information wasn't made clear to the contact tracers, and the proprietor of the butcher shop got infected. Um, He went and delivered packages of meat to 16 clients across Melbourne, and all of those got the infection from him. He was asymptomatic. He didn't know he was he was sick with coronavirus. Um, his father was a truck driver. He also got infected and then took the uh, disease to some rural areas of, of, of Victoria. 
And so from that, just one cleaner who picked up the virus unknowingly, it was seeded across all those communities. And then it took us, you know, a good month to bring it all back into control. Now that could happen in the months to come. And, and that's why we've all got to be really careful about these basic COVID safe practices and particularly in high-risk communities like those of people living in a disability residential facility. That um, highlights for me two things. One is that, you know, if you don't know, then we certainly don't want to stigmatise people. So if you are coming forward to being tested and you're told that you are positive, it is really important to be able to identify where you've been and who you've been in contact with because it's not about a blame game, it's actually about bringing the virus under control and putting the safeguards in place. The other thing um, that I think of when you're talking about that we don't want to be complacent is, you know, we've asked um, disability support workers and anyone who is having contact with the public or having contact with clients in that sector to keep wearing surgical masks and protective eyewear for routine care until we're advised at such a time through the government that that may not be needed anymore. Could you remind us what the additional protective clothing and equipment would need to be that should be on hand at every service or with every worker if they were suspecting that someone was unwell and they needed to put it on quickly? If you could go back over that for us, I think yes. it's good to be reminded. Yes, Heather. I mean, there are sort of basically two types of personal protective equipment or PPE. There is the, the PPE that you wear to prevent an outbreak occurring. And then there's the PPE you wear if there are cases that you're dealing with. So that's an outbreak. So as, you, as you've rightly said, a, a critical part of PPE in the prevention space is to wear a surgical mask. Now, at the moment, we're also asking people to wear eye protection. I think that's likely to not be required very soon because we've got very low cases, but I think masks will continue to be worn longer term. But that's the prevention part of it. In terms of the outbreak part of it, well, the, the Department of Health does provide some pretty clear guidance on the sorts of PPE that you should wear. And it's important you, you check that out, you speak to your manager ab about the, the, the PPE that sh you should be wearing. Now, currently the advice is that, that, that for a confirmed case or someone who is very, very likely to have caught the, the, the virus, we need to wear, uh, a particular type of mask and it's called an N95 respirator and, and this this provides more protection than a surgical mask and but we could talk a little bit about uh, putting that on and taking it off but it, it, it requires a higher level of understanding and skill in using the, the N95 mask and in addition to that you, you'll need eye protection, you'll need to wear gloves and a full sleeve gown and this is because the person you are supporting is infectious, likely to be infectious. You don't want to catch the virus and you don't want to pass that on to someone else. And that's why this protective equipment is really important. But for most of the time, and hopefully for very many months, we won't, you won't need to be wearing that level of protective equipment and we'll be sticking to wearing our surgical masks when we're, when we're with clients.
And the important thing that you raised about that is that we do need workers to understand how to put those on. Uh, my understanding is that sometimes those respirator masks aren't fitting around people's faces and if they haven't learnt how to wear them properly, they might think they're doing the right thing, but in fact it's not protecting them and it's not protecting others around them. Could you just give me a little bit more insight into that? Yes, you're absolutely right, Heather. So these N95 masks, or they're sometimes called, called P2 masks, it depends where they were manufactured and what the particular standard is, do need to be worn uh, properly. And the key thing is that there shouldn't be a leak around the mask when the mask touches your, your skin, your face. And so it's very important that you do what's called a fit check when you've put the mask on to make sure there isn't there aren't any leaks um, uh, around the edges of the mask. Now we've, we've developed some e-learning video education materials that you can easily access and find out more about that and how to do a, do a fit check. It's also important to have someone just check over you put on the mask properly and it, and it is working properly. Um, often when we're rushing, when we've got lots of other things on our minds, perhaps we may not fit it properly, we may not do the fit check. So we are encouraging ideally the manager or another uh, colleague um, just to, to check over that you've got the mask on and also that applies to eye protection, gloves and gown. And that's to keep you safe and keep everyone safe. Um, so there is further information on our website about that. And particularly, I'd encourage you to have a look at the, the e-learns, which uh, you can use on your, your smartphone, on your iPad as well. So you don't need a computer to access those. Thank you, John. We will make sure um, that at the end, I will reinforce again where those uh, e-learnings can be accessed because we won't ask you to try and demonstrate how to put on PPE and take it off on a podcast that might be a little bit challenging even for an expert like you uh, but there are certainly great videos out there for people to use and, and I would highly recommend them as well. Um, infection control and prevention has improved across a lot of workplaces and service sectors including the disability sector and a lot of support work has centered on the amount of time they're now putting into this task and wondering if this is going to continue um, what are your thoughts around as we move forward? Is this going to be part of our daily um, approach to service delivery in terms of the cleaning and the attention to that detail? Well, I, I, I'm sorry to say that we have to build this into our daily routine. It's just part of our normal work process in the same way that you'll do other things when you come to work. When you get out of bed, you're gonna be putting on your shoes and tying your shoelaces or zips or whatever. I mean, it, we just have to factor that in that the pre prevention side of COVID is gonna be really important. So that means, you know, you, you have your mask with you. You, you, you change your mask regularly. Um, you're, you're washing your hands, you're hand sanitizing. If you can't wash your hands, you're doing that regularly. Um, and you're, you're following all those other measures of keeping your distance, avoiding crowds. Um, and particularly, obviously, with your, your, your client, you're, you're keeping them safe and you're, you're, you're protecting yourself and your client 
through through these measures. Now, obviously, if you are very close up and you have to provide hands-on care, it's going to be more important, obviously, that you are hand washing, hand sanitizing, making sure your your mask is in place. If there's any risk of any body fluids, then you've got eye protection and you're wearing gloves and 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 a gown or apron. So so I mean those are are part and parcel of everyday practice now. And I'm sorry it's it's annoying, it's frustrating, but we just have just got to get with it and, and accept that it's it's going to be part of our lifestyle for quite a while and it could be well into next year 2021 and beyond but you know that's that's how life is at the moment and I'm sorry about that. Well we won't blame you for the for this occurring I think um, viruses do evolve on their own. What would you say are the maybe the two or three key habits that if you could actually put out a um, marketing campaign what would be the John Catford marketing campaign to our insurance and being able to really live and work and care for the people who are in our services from a, um, I guess, a kind of natural way, a way that kind of we aren't having to stop and think about it all the time, but become part of our daily life? Well, I think there are there are these behaviours we've just talked about that you know you're you're washing your hands frequently, using hand sanitizer if you can't wash your hands. You're putting your your, your mask on. You're you're careful about taking it off because it, it might have got infected and you dispose of it carefully. You're keeping your distance from people, and this is absolutely necessary for for your your work so so your 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 physical distancing and your av avoiding crowds but I, I think at the end of the day it's also about a mindset I mean although we don't want to label anyone but I think we have to accept that potentially anyone could be infectious they may not deserve it they're not it's not their fault they don't know it but we just have to 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 be cautious at the moment I realise that does change the way we behave. You know, we like to touch people and shake hands and kiss people appropriate and so on. But we just have to be a, a lot more careful about those sorts of behaviours because this virus will just find the weakest spot and it will jump. It, it's a bit like the reverse of a pickpocket. You know, you're watching out for pickpocketers if you're going to busy places and train stations or whatever but rather than people taking anything from your pocket what's happening is this virus puts something into your pocket so you know maybe we have to think you know um let's be sensible about that we don't want to be pickpocketed or or the reverse we don't want to be carrying those um invisible gremlins with us Thank you very much, John, for your insight. And we really appreciate um, the advice that you give us through the government, but also uh, as a regular advisor at our um, sector webinars here at NDS. We do have on the NDS website, the links through our COVID um, tab. We do have links to all of the current guidelines for Victoria, or if you're listening to this podcast and you're in one of the other states, please go to your state government COVID um, toolbox because there are slight variances in terms of regulations and restrictions. 
but thankfully we are moving to be a much more consistently an open country. But that is, this is about actually supporting each other, caring for each other, recognising that it doesn't matter what workforce you're in, um, we are all taking steps to keep this virus at bay. Thank you very much, um, Professor John Catford, for joining us this afternoon. Thank you, Heather. All the best to everyone. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to learn more about the NDS Safer and Stronger Project, you can visit nds.org.au. The Safer and Stronger Project focuses on supporting disability services in response to COVID-19.